never promised that life would be easy, but when we do it together, it becomes much easier. I genuinely believe that we have to be intentional about creating a joyful life. I believe in happy parenting, healthy marriages, long-lasting friendships, and making perfect memories in imperfect homes. But those things require deep, holy heart work. I am passionate when it comes to sharing vulnerably about the things that people are not always comfortable discussing, and I am passionate about sharing practical wisdom that has helped me to help you navigate through life less stressfully and more purposefully. On the Living Easy Podcast, you'll hear honest insight with a biblical foundation to help you become best friends with your spouse again, to love your motherhood so much that you don't need wine or even coffee to get through the day and to find hope in the very real trials and pain that we face moment to moment. I want to challenge you every Monday to live life with purpose, to choose joy, and to honor God with all that you do. Are you ready to fight hard for that sweet, abundant life? If so, I would love to do it together. So grab a cup of coffee and join me every Monday. I'm Lindsay Maestas, and this is the Living Easy Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Living Easy Podcast, where we talk all about marriage and faith and sex and intimacy and all of the things. And today I am here with Ashley and Dino Patron. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for coming on, even after a chaotic morning. Yeah, Yeah, thanks for having us. Yes, we're so thankful to have you guys on. And today I am very excited because I am holding, y'all can't see it, but I'm holding your new book, Designed to Last, which is just the cutest book. So we're going to be talking about jealousy and insecurity and distrust and all of those things. But I love your book because not only is it focused on home design and making a space that is comfortable for your marriage and for your family, but you also include your faith and your relationship within all of that. So can you talk a little bit about what inspired your book and what you're most proud of with the book? So in terms of like inspiration, I'll I'll talk about that. You can answer the other question. Ash and I, like from the early age, we always like from, we've been married 15 years and, and like the early years of marriage, we were both like, man, I just wish that we had like some friends that were just like 10 or 15 years ahead of us that could just like give us like, how do we handle this? Or like, Hey, like here's a tip on stuff, right? Like we always kind of have wished that we had that. And it's like, man, we've been through some stuff now at this point in our, our marriage. Like we're no pros or experts or anything, but we always use this analogy of like, we feel like we're beggars who have found like a morsel of bread. And we just want to like show other people where we found like a little bit of bread, like kind of worked for us, you know? So by no means experts, but the book is really about our, the last 15 years of our lives and like what we would kind of have said to our younger selves if we had the opportunity to tell it in like a story format. Because we feel like for us, especially, we really learn well by hearing the other things that people have gone through and how it really applies to us. And we feel like what a great opportunity to be able yeah. to share our story with others then. I feel like it's just really relatable to, to anybody in any walk of life. Like the funny thing is, is our desire when we wanted to write a book way back when, I feel like all the experiences that are in the book, we didn't, like they had never even happened yet, yeah. which is so funny. We, yeah. I think it, there's just a lot of relatability in it because we share it as a story instead of like, hey, you got to do these five things and then you're going to live the perfect life and the perfect marriage. 
And it's cool too that it's it's written in both of our voices. So there's an Ashley section where I'm really just like the storyteller. And then it's like clear where Dino's writing and he comes in and just fills it in and he's a really great writer, just very deep and meaningful. So we're really proud of the book and excited that people are are reading it. Not only is it beautiful and it's like a great coffee table book, but it's actually a coffee table book that you want to read because it's beautiful, but there's so much insight. And I fully agree with you. My husband and I, we were very lucky to have a lot of in our community groups and stuff through church, a lot of older couples that went before us. And we always say like, we probably would not be married anymore. We would be a mess financially if we didn't have those people who were able to kind of mentor us and teach us what their mistakes were and kind of show us along the way. And I really believe there are so many people who do not have that. Like there are so many people who don't have a network that don't have a community. So a resource like Designed to Last is such a blessing. So y'all go check it out. Anywhere books are sold, right? And then we're going to jump into the conversation a little bit further. So when I think of topics for my guests, I always, especially marriage-focused people, I love to dig into real topics and questions that I get from my audience day in and day out. And so one of the things that I've not had a chance to address fully yet is jealousy and insecurity and distrust that can play out. And having been married 15 years, I know my husband and I have faced some of the issues with you know social media and my own insecurities as a mom and, and distrust on both ends that we've had to navigate through with Jesus at the center. So I would just ask you guys, have you ever struggled with that within your marriage? Have you ever faced anything that created jealousy or insecurity? And how has that played out between the two of you? On the jealousy front, neither one of us, I mean, I'll let you speak to that yeah, yeah, yeah. on your own side of things, but Ash has been very, very good to me in that I've never had any kind of like serious jealousy issues. Insecurities, absolutely. And because I feel like jealousy for me would come about, there was some scenario that Ash generally would put me in potentially. And yeah. she's been insane about like never, I've never felt jealous ever in our marriage, but insecurities absolutely like all right so to be totally vulnerable when it comes to like certain aspects like all right so my mom my mom went to rehab when i was 12 right so that is a very like scarring type thing and i grew up in a interesting type of home then consequently and there was obviously damage done to like a 12 year old's brain when their mom their mother figure like leaves and goes away so there's just always been like from that i'd say like some general like insecure, like deep down insecurities that are like, God's always going to be working on me on. And in our marriage, there's been, there's definitely been like insecurities around like, Hey, like why, you know, whether it's like our sex life or whether it's like time or whatever, like there's just small insecurities. The way that we've always dealt with them is, is just communication. It's I've gone to Ash and been like, I need to be vulnerable with you in this moment and just tell you like, I'm feeling really insecure right now because there's a lot of ways that it can manifest, right? Yeah. Insecurities can manifest in a lot of ways based on how like you're per, you as a person, you get angry or disconnected or you can get irritated or like coping is crazy, right? Like you can cope. And those things come more. about when we don't talk. Exactly. About exactly. So to kind of combat that, what I've done is just basically tried to lean in as hard as I could into just being very open and vulnerable with Ash. And consequently, she has to then be one who's a bit more capable of receiving like that and not saying, hey, Dino's having this, these issues because of me. It's really like, hey, there's some other 
improbable things that are going on that I need to just be there for Dino with to kind of help work through some of these things on. Yeah. I think the same for me. I mean, we used to joke, I feel like we don't do it as much anymore, but we used to years ago, we'd go into this thing and be like, I love you more than you love me right now. Like <laughs> yeah. One of us is just more into, or it seems like one of us is just more into the other person than the other person. And we'd like teeter totter back and forth. We yeah. teeter totter back and forth. <laughs> I think um, I love you more than you love me right now for like a long time. No, stop <laughs> it. But I think again, it just goes back to that communication. And when we do not communicate, that's when we start to get irritated or frustrated or we're arguing more. And we've just found that like, if we actually just communicate to one another and hear like the root of the problem, it takes like vulnerability. Like you have to be really vulnerable to do that and be like, listen, like I just don't feel as loved right now. You're not giving me as much physical affection or, you know, time or whatever. And I think the biggest thing for us that we feel insecure about, or if we were to be jealous about anything, is each other's time. If we get too busy doing other things and start kind of doing like, I'm on this road and you're on this road, then we can get jealous of our time. And again, it just takes us talking and communicating. It's like the simple, simple thing, but for some reason, it's just so, so difficult to do at times. But once we do that, we seem to align back together. Yep. I absolutely can relate. So my husband was in a very highly demanding job, real estate for a long season. And that was something I remember telling my community group, like, I I don't want just Sunday. I want Saturday and Sunday for the sake of our family. I want more of him. And while it encouraged some people that like, I want to be with my husband, whereas some people don't, I think it caused a lot of issues within our marriage because I was not understanding of this time that he needed. And while we've worked through a lot of balance and he's home with me now, thank God, there was a lot of argumentation and just just stress and strain on our relationship. Mm -hmm. But that was something just as you both touched on is that communication that when we would step back and allow all of the chaos to manifest and just kind of continue to create, because I always say like, if it's not out of your mouth, it's not in the light. It really just creates this dark web that builds and builds and builds against that person And they can say one comment or do one thing that then you build on and you're holding record of wrongs. But when I finally am like, okay, I feel overwhelmed by this. Like I saw this or I thought you said this or acted this way and it made me feel insecure or uncomfortable. And he actually has the opportunity to speak out about that. And he actually has the opportunity to speak against it or to clarify or to confess and repent to me. Those are the types of things that bring freedom within the marriage. They're the types of things that bring healing and growth. I'm encouraged by one, Ash, that speaks so highly of you that you've not given Dino anything to have that kind of raging insecurity or jealousy, but that you also have created these healing methods and communication styles in order to do so. So I would kind of go off of that and ask you, you know, in the heat of the moment, say there are people who face a spouse who shuts down or there is somebody who has a spouse who gets really aggressive and angry. What are some ways that you approach situations and maybe don't approach situations that have helped to benefit your communication? I shut down to be perfectly clear. That's definitely my mode of, of like when I get, I feel like offended or feel like there's been an offense on me or like I feel hurt. That's definitely so that what you're saying is definitely resonates, but yeah. 
So when we first were married in the, the beginning, I specifically remember that we did not do that well at all. I had no like idea on timing or even the tone of my voice or when to do things. And I remember that when we'd get into these big arguments, I mean, I'd pick when like Dino is getting off of like a really rough day at work and he just walks in the door and I'm like, can we go do this? And it's like, no, we can't, we can't afford that, Ashley. We're not going to do that right now. Well, why can't we do this? You know, we end up getting to this big, like just learning the timing. And you would come and tell me like, Hey, like, I don't always have to be the no guy. Like it just, there are certain times and, you know, and again, it was just that communication of him telling me, like, if you could just like ask me at the right times. And I think that really helped us being just aware of the other person and kind of where they're at mentally and, physically and emotionally at the time yeah. and respecting it. Yeah. The biggest one that I would say is that like the one I still struggle with, I'm still working on right now is like, say Ash is having a really bad day or she's having some scenario, like we'll, we'll get super vulnerable here on Saturday, Sunday, we got into a, an argument, right? This last Sunday, we're not talking about like 10 years ago, we're talking about like mm-hmm. real reason. Here, it's but. fresh. Yeah. Yeah. So we got in an argument because I used, I used the afternoon to go do something that I wanted to go do versus spend time with Ash. And Ash at the time had a whole bunch of other things that I knew were tacking onto her emotional state. And basically she shut down because she was hoping that I was basically going to use that time to go and hang out with her. And I used that on something else. Now that's easy in hindsight to go back and like explain all those things. But the way it came about was like basically Ash I said, I got done doing what I was doing and I came and wanted to hang out there. And I'm like, whoa, what's going on? Like, just talk with me and just talk with me. And her response was not necessarily harsh, but it was very shut off. Yeah. And I, I had to like, my natural state is one to get very angry, frustrated and be like, fine, you're going to shut off with me. I'm, I'm shutting shut off, off with, with you. you. <laughs> and then where neither one of us are doing this because I'm not dealing with this mm-hmm. nonsense, right? But what God's really been working on in my heart is and I'm hoping he's working on Ash and things is that when Ash is having a hard time, yeah. and most of the time it's me who's having the harder time being truthful here, but if Ash is having a hard time in that scenario, don't take personal offense to it. I need to not be one who like, hey, this deal with Ash, she's coming at me right now. Therefore, like we're throwing down and I'm, we're going to blows. It's not about that. We're the same organism, the same married couple as a single organism. I need to understand that half the organism is having some general issue in, with something. And that means that either I need to sacrifice my time or my effort or energy and go and help that side of the organism. Or at the very least, I just need to create a space where Ash can communicate with me and let me know what is really going on inside of her heart or just be discerning or have ask God to give me the discernment to understand what's really going on there. It was just a soft touch, a soft word with her and like a calm space for her to come back and like just talk with me about the stuff that was going on. And it turned out to being like, hey, it just hurt my feelings that you decided to do this versus like rest with me. You wanted to rest and go on your own versus rest together. I was like, man, I feel awful now because for one, I would have loved to have rested with you at the same time. But knowing that you are hurt in a hurt state and I wanted to come and like raise you back up versus, oh, you're in an angry state, which is the way my brain interpreted it. Therefore, I need to have walls up and like get ready to punch back. Yeah. This is like learning to have like grace and patience for the other person in those times to try to understand what's going on. Exactly. And discernment. And it goes, you know, both ways. 
Yeah, I agree. And I love what you said, Dino, about creating that safe space. I recently had a conversation with a friend, a husband. My husband and I spoke with a husband and he was really struggling with feeling as if his wife wouldn't want to come home. She didn't want to come home and be there. And there had been a lot of hurt in their marriage in the past. And my immediate question and thought was, are you a place that she wants to come home to? You know, because even within those arguments, I think that it's easy to get angry, but I know at least within my marriage, I want to come back to home. I want to come back to that one unit with my husband because he is that safe space for me and he creates that. And I pray that I continue to learn to create that. I would say I'm more of like the thorny one in the relationship when I get hurt or <laughs> or anything. So I'm I'm praying for God to continue softening me. But I believe that within a relationship, both wife and husband, that there's a space that God wants you to be in. And that is a safe space for the spouse to be able to say, okay, after this fight is over, like, I just want you. You're my best friend. I just want to be with you. I desire you. But if that isn't there and their safe spaces with friends or their safe spaces, I mean, in the world, like outside of Jesus, and you've created such a tumultuous space in your home that that the world is more appealing to them, I would say that's when you really need to sit and reevaluate what that looks like within your home. And I see this a lot after an affair. I see this a lot after struggles with, you know, even intimacy, because intimacy really breeds that connection and that safety. And I see this a lot also after having children that like the home is an escape. You just are leaving the home as an escape but trying to continue to foster that family unit in a way that it's comfortable and it's home and it's not something that you want to leave. So I just appreciate you guys being honest and sharing that because you're obviously not alone in that space. And kind of shifting gears a little bit, I scroll through social media for my own ministry. I have a marriage ministry, and then I also have social media coaching and growth businesses. And I watch all types of videos and I cannot even count the number of videos that I have seen about men liking other girls' photos or spouses being unwilling to share their phones or girls comparing their spouses to maybe another husband who's doing better. And it's like kind of like emotional pornography, right? Yeah. And they talk about Snapchat and Tinder apps and I am like terrified for the generation and I laugh, but like genuinely my heart just breaks for the generation that's coming up behind us and kind of all of this access that they have to these phones. And it's, I mean, it's messy within our generation as well, but can you maybe speak to the people who may be struggling with feeling like their spouse is never going to be trustworthy because of this access or a single person who feels like they may not ever find someone, I guess, what are some ways that you can flee from temptation? I know that's a big question. So take it as you must. I'll talk to the latter versus the former, because I think that fleeing temptation, right? Like that's, that's one of the things you're kind of talking Mm -hmm. about there. I'm a man, right? (laughs) I have men in general. I'm a man. (laughs) Men in general are going to have like this visual lust, like factor. It's just like ingrained in who we are kind of thing. And I have been extremely cognizant and aware of it from like early on in our marriage. I just wanted to do my absolute best at trying to keep my like a covenant with my eyes, right? In recent years with our lives being more and more on social media and me needing to be generally associated with it, I've just made a decision that I'm going to have what I call like high walls. And what that means for me is that I'm very 
cautious about the amount of time I'm on social media and what I'm doing on there and things like that. Because there's natural things that happen to a person's brain when you're on there, especially for a man. And especially the way that Instagram, well, Instagram and all social and like our culture and at large is really like shoving in the Mm -hmm. face of a man. It's constant. It's so fast. Yeah. And it's, it's like, I can easily just be scrolling through because I'm big into fitness and I really enjoy like I take very good care of my body and I really enjoy trying to understand the, you know, the right ways to be able to like, you know, handle my keto and my health and all that kind of random stuff. But with that, there's an association with, you know, girls that are, you know, dressing in a certain way and fitness people that are a certain way and things like that. For me, I just, I shut it off. I delete Instagram and all social media from my phone between like, I'll get on to be able to create some content and drop some stuff that I want to kind of talk about, look at something here and there for like a short period of time. But then I basically just delete the app. And I have on my laptop, I just block social media from my laptop in general. I just don't find it healthy. Mm. And part of that high walls for me is just, I don't even want the temptation of the start of a bad path for me to go down. Because I know like a few steps down that path of what that looks like and it's atrocious it's not something i really want in my life and definitely not in my marriage and from the beginning i've just always had the standpoint that i just want us to be open with one another with that like and to be fully gracious like i there's just nothing hidden you know i it's not like hey tell me everything you're doing right now like crazy but like hey if something happens i'd rather you just tell me Let's talk about it because when things are hidden and they can just breed more and more sin, like the sin loves to be in secret and it's dark. And so if we just bring light to it, just tell me, like, let's talk about it. Let's pray together. Done. Move on. And really like have to be okay with just moving on. And that takes me being really rooted in my relationship with Christ. Like I wouldn't be able to be as secure as I am if I didn't have that. So I think just being gracious with one another and again, having that open communication for us has worked really, really well because if Dino like knows that he's going to tell, like he has to tell me something and he's going to tell yeah. me something, then there again, it's like, you're not as likely to go down that yeah. path. Yeah. You have that accountability. But yeah. yeah, it's an accountability. And a lot of people do that with another man or a pastor, but we've just chosen to do that with one another and it works really well for us. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the other things I was going to say is that there's somebody, his name's Jordan Peterson, and he says that there's a, there's a direct correlation between trust and intimacy, right? Regardless of what people think about Jordan Peterson, that line has been so, it's, it is just de facto straight up truth. Because the more that Ash trusts me and the more that I trust her, the more intimate our marriage is, the more intimate our relationship is, right? And I mean, I don't know about you, but intimacy in a marriage when you are super super intimate with your wife or your spouse and like you can have that really intimate relationship there's no other relationship out there aside from mine with that is fulfilling as fulfilling as that it's just a deep deep like we've been married 15 years and every single year i'd say our our level of like intimacy and not just like like when i say intimacy i mean like sexual intimacy emotional in- intimacy like friendship intimacy all of those things are directly bound to our trust and i value that intimacy so much more than anything else and if i really value it part of that means then I should value the trust aspect of our relationship just as much, right? Because the two are directly correlated. 
if I'm giving advice to other people who are looking for this, if you really want intimacy and trust me, you do with your spouse or future spouse, make sure that you can put yourself in a position where you have high walls, you're protecting yourself. Mm -hmm. If you are married or dating someone, don't do anything that is going to be untrustworthy or would make you basically have to say a lie. Like if your behavior would require a lie to tell your spouse, then your behavior is basically is breaking that that trust relationship. So Hey guys, I wanted to take a second to tell you about something that I truly believe can change your life for the better and a project that is near and dear to my heart. So in the past two years, the world really has turned upside down. But one silver lining that I've seen in so many people around me is that this time of chaos also brought a sense of clarity about who we want to be and what we want to do with our lives. Working from home became a norm that so many people appreciated as they spent more time with their families than ever before, found passion projects that they loved and created things that they had wanted to do for years. I know that now more than ever before, we are eager to live freely, aren't we? Away from the nine to five constrictive lifestyle and to instead enjoy the beauty that life truly has to offer. We want to work to live, not live to work. And Jesse and I realized the exact same thing, so much so that we actually changed everything. We packed up our home and moved across the country away from the only home we had ever known for over 30 years. And why did we do it? For a real quality of life. We were done with the hustle culture that had consumed us for so long and we wanted to slow down, but we knew that nobody would do it for us, so we had to do it for ourselves. So I dug into social media and all that I had learned over the years about serving my audience well while also having the ability to make a real profit. Fast forward to one year after launching my first course, and because of my knowledge of social media and online courses, Jesse was able to quit his very demanding job that caused a strain on our family while I replaced his full-time salary. He now stays home with me and the boys while I work for a few days a week in just a couple of hours a day. I've also been able to hire a full team of employees in just one year. So let me back up a little bit to where it all started. Nearly seven years ago, I started a blog from my couch holding a newborn and covered in spit up. It was not glamorous, but I wanted to talk about the things that I loved. The only problem was that no matter how active I was on social media, likes and follows didn't pay the bills. So here's where things changed. I began following a girl on Instagram who created online courses. She made $15,000 in one night during her first launch, and I was fascinated by her success. Now, I'll be honest, I definitely didn't think that that could happen to me. And I really, really doubted my ability so much so that it took me three years to create The Wife Project. But I knew at one point, if I didn't at least try, I would never succeed. So after much time, energy, and some tears, I launched my first course. And the next morning, I burst into tears when I saw that I had tripled in one night what my inspiration, that girl, had profited for her own launch. And in 2020, less than one year after creating my course, I replaced Jesse's salary. I've also had the ability to create multiple streams of income by all of the knowledge that I have in Pinterest and Instagram and TikTok and all of those avenues that have built multiple streams for us to where we don't have to worry where the money is coming from anymore. I'm here to tell you that I am not special by any means. And if I can do this, anyone can do it. 
I also want to tell you that it definitely is not too late for you to start, especially with Reels and TikTok changing the game. There has never been a time where you could get your business or your brand or your face in front of millions of people within hours, but now we can't. And you have something we're sharing and teaching, even if you don't feel like an expert. So what's the point, Lindsay? I have created two academies that are jam-packed with secrets, tips, and tricks that I've learned over the past six years. There's no gatekeeping here. I am showing you every detail of what I've done to create a multiple six-figure income that gave us an entirely new life. Who doesn't want more time to spend with their families, to work while vacationing on the beach, and to go to brunch whenever they please? It is possible. So on April 4th, I am launching the Social Media Marketing Academy and the Online Course Creation Academy. In the Social Media Marketing Academy, becoming a confident and profitable creator, I am teaching everything from Pinterest to blogging to Instagram Reels and TikTok to SEO to passive income streams and collaborating with brands. You'll have the ins and outs of my secrets along with tons of bonuses and worksheets that help you to put what you learn into action right away. This includes goal setting worksheets with detailed instruction, time batching plans to keep you from procrastinating, 30 Instagram stories ideas to use each month, my top business book recommendations, customizable branding templates and customizable media kits, over 15 websites that will get you in the door with brand collaborations immediately and so much more. And in my second course, the Online Course Creation Academy, I will teach you how to create and successfully launch a course in less than 30 days. So if you are a teacher, a hairstylist, a software specialist, a musician, a mama who makes cute lunches or knows healthy recipes, a Christian who loves teaching God's word, or somebody who is passionate about anything that they've been doing for a few years, you should be making at least $10,000 a month by teaching about what you love. You are good at something that someone else is not good at, and they want to learn from you. And even if you don't feel like they do, or if you feel like you're not an expert, you have to know that online course industry is a $100 billion industry that is waiting for you to jump in. In the Online Course Creation Academy, I will teach you step-by-step step how to find your niche, your target market, how to write your course, how to determine your purpose and price out your course. I'll teach you how to revenue plan and record and edit that course and so much more. This comes with over 25 pages of worksheets that help you to put into action exactly what you're learning. And guess what? Your course will be written and ready to launch by the time you have finished my academy. So what are you waiting for? As always, nothing changes if nothing changes. So I want you to show up and choose to move forward with that dream or that passion that you've always had because nobody else will do it for you. So click the link in my show notes to sign up for the waitlist or visit my website to learn more. And don't forget the Academy's launch on April 4th and the launch pricing only lasts for two weeks. So don't miss it. I am also offering a bundle of both courses at a very low price. So don't miss out. If you want to learn how to create and launch a course and how to create passive income streams through social media and market well, this bundle is for you. So check it out, learn all about it. And if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out. Now let's get back to our episode. I want to speak to you, Ash. I want to ask you, when you say you need to be rooted in Christ, and I'll, I'll share a little bit of my stuff because I always tend to 
tend to listen, but I want people to know, like, I'm not coming from a place of like, oh yeah, we've got this all together because Jesse and I, especially this past year, we recently moved to a place where like everyone is very put together and everyone is very wealthy. And like, there's just a lot of comparison that we haven't dealt with so much in the past as we do now. And we're thankful for the opportunity and we love where we are, but there's also that place of just, for me, like I've just have been diving into this constant comparison and insecurity place. And Jesse's been really, really patient with me and just walking me through and encouraging me and reassuring me. But I would just ask you, you know, when you say, okay, I, if I'm not rooted in Christ, like I wouldn't be as secure as I am or as trusting as I am. Can you elaborate on what that looks like? Like maybe for you in the moments when you're really battling or if Dino is struggling with someone or something and comes and brings that to you, what does that foundation in Jesus and that assurance in him, how does that reassure your heart? I struggled with this a lot when we first got married because when we got married, I was 20. I was really young. My walk with the Lord was, you know, just baby. I really didn't have my identity was not in him. It was still in the world. And I really found my identity in things, even though we didn't have the money for things. (laughs) And then other people like friendships and who I was hanging out with. And it was just constantly unsatisfying. I was like, say I was running a race that I never signed up for. Like I did not want to be in this race and I really didn't know how to get out of it. But it wasn't until really We moved into a trailer. God was really just working on my heart. He was working on us both individually at the time, but moved into a trailer and got stripped away of all the things. We got stripped away of some of the friends. And I was kind of like put into a pressure cooker of I needed to find my identity in him. I needed to rely on him. And I just found the most satisfaction I've ever found and the most fulfillment in that. And so, you know, going forward now with like social media and stuff that Dino and I go with, it's just this constant intentionality of being in tune with him, reading my Bible, being really rooted in him and him in me. I like, it's just a conscience effort, a conscious effort that I have to make every single day to seek after him. And I don't want to do social media without him. I don't want to do marriage without him. So like inviting him in every morning, like, Lord, I need you for this day. Give me wisdom in your word and just guide me through the day. So it's really just seeking after him in every single thing. And when we have those moments where we're in arguments or, you know, I'm having a bad day or whatever, stopping for a second and knowing that I'm not perfect and going to him and again, just asking for forgiveness and starting over and moving on from there. Yeah, I feel that there is a place, and at least through a lot of the messages that I receive, where women struggle, especially as you're saying, with the feeling like they're being compared to something that isn't actually real. Because you go to like a swimming pool, right? And you see real bodies. And I'm so thankful for swimming pools because I'm like, oh, you (laughs) see the cellulite and the dimples and like the skin texture that actually exists that is no longer available on social media, right? This is not something that we see. 
And so I think a lot of women already struggle internally with their bodies. And I mean, men as well. I know my husband, he's very into fitness like you are, Dino, and very intentional with his body. And he voices openly, you know, some of the struggles that he has where it's like, oh, but I see this guy and like, he's for sure taking something. And I definitely don't want to take something, but like, I kind of want to take something now, you know, and it's like, I have to, I got to reel it in. Yeah. Like reel it in. But uh, I think him and I would get along well, by the way. <laughs> I think he would. He's a good man. But yeah. I think that, you know, we have to step back a little bit and realize, I think for both men and women, it's healthy to sometimes see, you know, those accounts that compare the face-tuned photo to the real photo, or just to remind yourselves that what this is, is not reality. But as you're saying, setting those boundaries with social media, setting those boundaries within your marriage, that's a big thing. We realized pretty quickly that I cannot be his accountability partner. I was able to for a while, actually at the beginning of our marriage, but as things have progressed and as I've been battling kind of the spiral of insecurity, I'm like, oh, I can't be your girl. Like, I just need you to find a godly man. And he's very open and willing to that, which I'm thankful. But I think no matter what is having those people to talk to you because the temptation itself is not the sin, right? The temptation to look, the temptation to fall, that is not the sin. The sin is the actual action. But I loved what you guys said about kind of speaking it out because once you name that sin, that power really is truly lost. And I think there's this fear of like, oh my gosh, when I say that I'm struggling with pornography or I'm struggling with jealousy or I'm struggling that I'm going to be just shamed and plagued and I'm filthy and dirty. And it's like, you are, you already are, you're sinful and you're broken and you're a mess. And that's why you need that salvation in Christ. So open, like just admit I'm a creep. I don't have it all together. And there's so much freedom rooted in that. And so in closing, I would just like to ask both of you, as you mentioned with intimacy and kind of overcoming that temptation that might be in the outside world on social or at the gym or wherever, how do you foster that sexual intimacy within your relationship in a way that maybe helps you to not feel as tempted by the outside world? And I ask mostly this of you, Ash, and Dino, I'd like for you to speak to it too, but women tend to struggle so much with that vulnerability, but they don't realize how freeing it can actually be. So I would just like, if you can, to share how it's benefited you. I mean, to be honest, like, and this started a few years ago, but we've kind of made it a point to try and have sex every single day. Okay. Um, Really good. (laughs) It's very rare. So that's really good. We, it kind of was like two parts. So in the trailer, one of Dino's buddies, this is actually like a story in our book, but one of Dino's buddies, like, who I'm pretty competitive with. He like d- bet Dino that we couldn't have sex for 10 days straight in the, in the trailer. Cause we live there with our three littles and it's like hard to be intimate when you live in a trailer. <laughs> um, and Dino told me this bet and I was like, um, yeah, done. We're going to beat Greg on this. Like I need to beat him. Like, well, let's do it. So we did it. And it actually just created this like amazing it was just really fruitful in our marriage. He felt so loved and so just taken care of and satisfied. And I, then it just kind of created this, we like to call it like an upward spiral, like in our marriage, just a positive effect that kind of just kept going round and round and up. A couple of years later, we did this thing, Dino came up with it, that we would do with one another, a pancake challenge, where it was like just a fun game where we kind of gamify our relationships sometimes. We'll like play little games with each other, where I would 
just find Dino's kind of love language thing, whatever he loved, just physical touch. And mine was food. And we would just do it for a week straight and see like what happens, you know, just unconditionally just do it. And it was, we had a few bumps, but after we figured out to like really remove our selfless desires and, and really serve each other purely out of love and selflessness, it was very, very fruitful again. So again, that's kind of continued on with us just seeing that when we are vulnerable, when we are intimate with one another, that it really just creates just a really good movement in our marriage that I can see that if we go a long time without, you know, filling each other, like in the ways that fulfill us, that it can create like a little bit of a divide. So we just try not to allow those things to happen. And that's both ways, like not just sex, but like other things, other things that make you intimate with one another. And that mean a lot to me. It's both ways. Like feeling, just feeling seen as a whole between the two of you in a marriage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So just being really intentional about that. And yeah. Would you say anything? Yeah. No, I think that Ash kind of hit it on the nose there. I, it was really a matter of trying to understand how both of us like felt filled up, mm-hmm. right? Like what fills Ash's tank? And then consequently, like trying to even introspect on myself, like what, what fills up my tank? And if I'm being honest with Ash and my relationship, there's a lot that I like feel fulfilled in with her. Like the baseline of who she is really is obviously the woman I really want to be with. But in terms of like, God has built me to have my tanks filled up with physical intimacy with her. And like I communicate that with her and I, I, we've obviously seen the benefits of me feeling very like intimate with her. And that doesn't necessarily just mean like sex every day. It really means like Friday nights we try and do like no TV and they, and we'll just sit in bed in the evenings and just talk and get like really emotionally close. Yeah. When we had a bathtub at our last house, we would just, we do the year of the bathy and we would, that's what we called it. We would just sit in the bathtub and totally naked. You're very vulnerable. And I feel like that can be hard sometimes, even with a lot of married couples, and especially for women, it's just being super vulnerable. And it might take you, you know, time to get to that point. But once we could do that and sit together and just be totally naked, we could just sit there for hours. And it's a deeper level of conversation and closeness, like not even having to do with sex at all, but just like we're like joining together yeah. as one even more. So just kind of finding those little things you can do to like be really intentional about coming together as one. Well, and I love that you said you gamify your relationship because I think that's something, especially after having kids that can be lost is that fun side. You've been talking a lot this year of like, okay, we're ready to be fun again. We kind of got really serious for a while and we're ready to just be like human beings and to not take everything with life so seriously. It's so fleeting to honor the Lord while we're doing it, but also to kind of let go of some of those legalistic boundaries that we've created that God did not create within himself and and just to let let loose a little bit and enjoy one another. And it really does bond that friendship, which then bonds the intimacy. It's really a beautiful cycle. But I am just so thankful. I mean, I really value your opinions. These are the conversations that just feed my soul. And I know that our audience is so blessed by them. And I am just really thankful for your vulnerability and willingness to share those things that I know are absolutely going to bless couples within their marriages. So let my audience know where they can find you, where they can find Design to Last, and what you hope they gain from following along with you guys in your journey. You can find us on Instagram at arrows and bow. 
our book designed to last is out and it's anywhere you can buy books, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target, all the places. And yeah, when you're following along with us and we're in our book, you're going to basically get what you just got on this podcast. (laughs) We are pretty open and pretty vulnerable in everything we share. We don't really sugarcoat much. And we've just found that just being ourselves and being relatable is really fun for us because we don't have, we're not putting on a show. And then it's great for other people because they feel like, okay, I'm not quite as alone as I thought I was. I can relate to that. You know, I go through the same thing. My kid also got into paint earlier today. So, yeah. you know, we can, <laughs> we can all... I hope you get that cleaned up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. It's cleaned up. Well, well, thank you guys. And to our audience, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to tag us at Arrows and Bow and at Living Easy with Lindsay. Let us know what you thought of the episode. Share on your stories. Maybe somebody in your world or in your network or sphere needs some encouragement within their relationship. They need a sense of freedom or peace from jealousy or envy or insecurity that they're facing. And I would love to hear any additional questions that you might have for us. Be sure to check out Designed to Last and let us know what you think of the book. Make sure to share and just promote, I mean, godly, loving couples who are willing to share their lives. Like I just want our sphere to support them and really bless them in this new journey that God has put them on. So we love you guys and we'll talk to you next Monday. Bye.